Welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast where two licensed professional counselors and approved EMDR consultants discuss the latest research and resources for trauma treatment and EMDR therapy. Hey guys, welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. I am not in studio today. Um, We're usually recording Melissa and I together in studio, but I am in the safety of my home right now, away from everybody. Um, And Melissa's actually not even here with me today, so this is the first one I've done solo. I do have a special guest that I'm excited to introduce you guys to today. Um, We talked on our last episode about telehealth and doing EMDR via telehealth and really started to recognize some of the challenges that probably come up with telehealth and kids. So all of you child therapists out there or those of you that see kids from time to time, I brought um, Kristen Janes to the episode today to share a little bit about her experiences and what she's been learning in that process and some of her strategies to working with kiddos through a screen. So. Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being with us today on here. Thanks so much for having me. This is so fun. I've been able to watch Jen and Melissa from the very beginning, and now I actually get to be on the podcast, so this is great. Yeah, we're lucky you said yes. (laughs) We're glad to have you. So Kristen is a licensed professional counselor. She's certified in EMDR therapy and works in St. Louis, Missouri, in private practice specializing in children as well as adult women. So, and one of the coolest things about Kristen is she has a sweet, sweet baby girl named Mia. It's her emotional support animal, precious dog that she utilizes in therapy. Kristen, will you tell us a little bit more about Mia and and how that works into your practice? Absolutely, because she's, I say that she's the therapist and I'm just the support human. Uh, she's used 
Yeah. So I can definitely tell the lack of, you know, energy and the lack of love that she gets from my clients. Everybody's so great with her. Um, it, it definitely, I can tell it's, she's sad. Yeah, it takes a toll on her, her too. <laughs> you know, so this, this whole quarantine and everything we're going through is, has an impact on us, our, our pets, our animals, our families, our clients, everybody. It's hard on all of us for sure. How are you as a mental health therapist and more specifically a child therapist uh, managing that transition with clients and moving from in-person therapy to telehealth? Absolutely. And I think it was a little different with me because I didn't have a warning. I had to go telehealth like from, I was like, yeah, see you in the office tomorrow. And then 10 minutes later I had to say, no, we have to transition to telehealth. So mine was a little more jarring for some of my clients who didn't want telehealth. Um, but I immediately set up a desk and I set up, you know, this is where my coffee goes and this is, you know, mm -hmm. you have to have that routine. And so I did that right away. And, um, I, I've been doing fine with, I guess, finding my clients. I'm actually receiving new clients right mm -hmm. now. And so like my workload has not gone down and I know I'm very lucky for that. But just personally, I'm having to do like new coping skills and I'm having to have my clients do new coping skills because a lot of our coping skills are, oh, you know, I'm going to go talk to Karen, my friend, or mm -hmm. whatever. So I have to do like intentional friend and family time, especially after I do a long day of telehealth therapy and um, doing trying new recipes and I'm cooking differently and just really trying to take care of myself. So that I can be on telehealth and be 100% because yeah. in my opinion, telehealth takes 300% effort, especially with children. Mm -hmm. I'm more drained than I have been in my entire career doing this. Oh, that's so, I, I love to hear you saying that that self-care is so important and you've got to be you know, mindful of your own coping. And just for all of the other child therapists out there to hear how difficult that really is. So it's not that, is it just me? Am I, am I not doing this right? I only see a couple of kiddos and, and I can relate absolutely in that feeling of those are by far my hardest sessions. They weren't normally when they were face to face. Those were fun. We were playing. I felt energized through them. And now I'm um, just trying to hold their attention and, and maintain engagement when we're so far away. So for those of you who see, you know, so many kids just really have a lot of empathy for you and, and what that takes. Yeah, and, you know, as a telehealth kid person, I'm speaking to other telehealth kid people, uh, take care of yourself because mm -hmm. I, there, there was a, a day last week I saw four kids in a <laughs> but it's very taxing it sounds like <laughs> very taxing yeah. and it's not like I, I think a big thing too in, in telehealth is silence silence we use all the time in person like, silence is one of my favorite tools it's also one of the hardest things for me to do because I love to talk <laughs> It's just, it's so different to have that 
Yeah, that is something, I guess it hasn't really even crossed my mind yet, but there's that moment, if there is silence, it's like, wait, did you, can you hear me? Or did we freeze up? Is there a lag in the conversation? It's not as um, powerful when it's through a screen and that then you start contemplating what what's going wrong that's creating the silence or the space rather than it being therapeutic and really drawing attention to something. So what would you say are some of the primary differences between kids and adults when using telehealth? Well, one thing we just talked about is the attention span Mm -hmm. and silence. Yeah. (laughs) The attention span, you know, Jen and I, you you and I could sit here and talk for probably two hours straight on telehealth Mm -hmm. and, you know, on Zoom or whatever platform you're using. And we'd be fine because we'd go back and forth and we'd, you know, interact with each other kids are like five minutes and that's it and then they they go over here and they go over there and with adults it's much easier to keep their attention and they have a longer attention span they're also used to speaking on technology mm-hmm. which is nice uh less control for sure with the kids in telehealth than i do with adults because the kids can run around like adults will sit down have a cup of coffee will be able to interact and that's a normal thing for them. But for the kids, we never just sit and stare at each other. Yeah. So that's that's super, that m- lack of movement is so hard for kids in telehealth. Yeah, because when you're in a, in a typical office, they, they are bouncing from, you know, the, the couch over to the chair, over to the play thing in the corner, over to yeah. checking out the door and something on your wall. And oh, you're and doing I have to snuggle up with Mia in her bed, and that's the cutest. Oh. But they like, go and snuggle with her and talk to me with Mia, and then they'll yeah. come in, like, when they're comfortable, come back over to me and sit and talk. And so I think that's just so hard because I have this tiny little screen now, and we can't move around. And if they do move around, the sound stops working as well. Mm-hmm. And then you go into, like, where are you going? And this is therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need to be following you here? Or are you taking me somewhere else? We almost need little GoPros on them. Everyone needs a GoPro. And we can just kind of follow them around and see what they're seeing. I would love that. Have a two-screen where it's like, okay, I see what you're seeing. But I also, with kids being at home, and adults, but adults can understand when I say, hey, Therapy is your time. Please close your doors. Please turn off your phone. Yeah. Um, that's, that's so much harder for kids because they're like, well, you're in my home. Let's go see my room and let's go talk to my sister. And it's like, yeah. okay, kiddo, like pick a room. Uh-huh. For sure. What's the youngest age you're working with trying to do telehealth right now? The youngest I am working with 
I, oh, yeah. I have a five-year-old at home, <laughs> and I just, I think about him FaceTiming his Nana, and they are literally all over the house, and he's upside down, and she's basically staring at his forehead the entire time. Um, yeah, that's familiar. So... <laughs> It, it sounds like it really almost requires, for that young, I'm sure, you know, it's different the older that they get, but almost requires like a parent or someone there that's helping to corral the chaos in the room, but I feel like that comes with a lot of other barriers and issues as well. What do you see as far as like parent involvement and how do you recruit them to support the process, but also, you know, have that distance and space when necessary? case really individualizing based on age, based on what they're addressing and therapy and focusing on, their attention span, but yeah. parental involvement is definitely something that either has to be at the time of the session or even behind the scenes maybe. I know that I'm working with a nine-year-old and um, his he doesn't really have to have his parent present during the entire session but I've recruited her to say, hey, can you set him up with some markers, a pad of paper, some Play-Doh, like, can you set him up a little tiny station, whatever it is that I'm gonna need that session to do some really simple forms of play, but something to keep his attention and keep him engaged right there with me. So that's kind of the parental involvement for them, but for some it may be, I'm sitting right next to you, I'm monitoring what you're doing, 